This. This is, this is Diversified, Diversified Game. 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 A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. And AL. Focus more on execution and application and less on excuses. So, let the game begin. It's Kellen, and today, you guys, on Diversified Game, we have game coming from the sports world to the medicine. This doctor was a collegiate athlete, Dr. Chanira Opalike, Dr. Chi for short, in case that does not roll off your tongue. She <laughs> is going to show us how she went from a collegiate athlete all the way to medicine and how her consulting business and her nonprofit are just going to take over the collegiate athlete, even maybe high school world. Dr. Chi, what's going on? How you doing? Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me today. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Share some knowledge a little bit. Please share the knowledge, and I, I want to get into, go jump right into, they can go to your website, which is in the description box, and see everything that you have, but you were a real athlete, and I think the first question is, did you choose medicine over sports? Like, could you have went over to, you know, the WNBA or played in Europe? What was that transition like? So I started playing basketball pretty late. I was a late bloomer. I didn't really start till going into high school. And I didn't even know, people just told me I should play because I'm tall. So I was like, okay, well, whatever, I'll give it a shot. And it was kind of interesting because I kind of just soared and just took over and was literally dominating like within a year. And it took me by surprise. So I didn't really know the opportunities at that time. But I grew up in a household, Nigerian household, so I was kind of conditioned in a sense or even kind of uh, grew up in the health field to know kind of like, okay, you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be something to help people. So I just had that in the background that that was something I was going to do. I never knew that basketball was ever a pitcher until they told me, you know, you can go to, you can get a scholarship for playing basketball because you're that good. So that's what happened. Um, I ended up getting a full-time scholarship, a full-time uh, scholarship for USF, University of South Florida, um, four years, all paid for. And during that time, nobody that I knew wanted to be a doctor and play basketball. So I was in a field that this, no one took biomedical sciences as their major. It was always business or communications or something that was quote unquote easier so you can practice and go to school at the same time. So that struggle on its own was difficult to me to even know, could I even do this? Um, nobody does this. Um, nobody has really done this. So that was a struggle for me. So I didn't want, I still wanted to be a doctor, but I was uncertain that I could even do it. And that what made the, that's what made the journey really difficult for me. Um, but lo and behold, challenges came and uh, the support system was there with my family. Um, and I, I made it through. Um, I can definitely say that I was told by coaches and other advisors that this is impossible. You can't do it. Nobody does it. Um, until my last game of my senior year, I still wanted to play basketball. I still wanted to play and to at least go overseas. But 
I tore my um, MCL, which is a ligament in my right knee. Last game, I tore it. And I was like, well, <laughs> look at that. I can't play right now. Like, I'm, I'm out. I'm good. I'm done. And so that was like a, a really eye-opener that basketball isn't life term. This isn't going to take me forever. This is limited. And I have to be realistic about my life and my goals. And here I am. <laughs> wow. What a, what a sign. And I know, you know, some will say, oh, see, God was trying to tell her. You know, the body wears down in collegiate sports, even um, high school sports. It puts a strain on the body so much where it's a real job. It's a full time job. Mm -hmm. and, and only if you've gone through it, would you know that because you just think, oh, man, what do you do? You get to just play and, you know, live your dream. But those two a days and studying and, you know, the pressure. It, it, it's a lot. So you, you say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do medicine. And of course, you know, folks expect a Nigerian to do medicine. Of some sort. <laughs> At any time growing up, and I'm asking that for right now, the parents who are raising little kids like um, me and my, you know, in-laws and family members, it's like trying to raise future doctors or whatnot. Was there pressure on you to the point where you were like growing up, you just knew I had to do medicine? Was there ever a time you're like, you know what? I think I might just go into the arts or something. So I would say looking back, it was helpful to have that instilled in me in an early age to know that I was even, it was even possible for me to do that. I know there are households that don't see that. They don't know what it looks like. They don't know it's possible. So at least I had that image that I could do it if I wanted to. So when I got older, I, got, I had the opportunity to make that decision for myself. I got to do the opportunity to shadow other people to see if there's something that I truly love or something that I was pushed into. And I loved it. I fell in love with it. I knew I could do it. I knew that it was a passion of mine to help people, to heal people. And I genuinely just loved it. Um, I never felt I was pressured into it, but I did feel when I was about to give up, my mother especially would make me look into myself and ask, do I want to be that person to make the decisions? Because you are that person. She saw something in me that I didn't even see. And it helped me to, to fight that, that, quitting notion, that quitting and desire because I was shy or because I was scared and to overcome that. So I had somebody there to push me against the limits that I didn't know existed. Um, I would say for people who are, I guess, pressuring or forcing their kids in a sense, I, I wouldn't do that. One, because they won't be happy. They will not be happy. At the end of the day, you should ask your child, what do you want to do? And is this going to make you happy? Um, because at the end of the day, like they're the, they're, it's their life. You're the one that you're not living their life for them. They have to do it for themselves because you won't make it through med school. You won't make it to engineering school. You won't make it unless you are genuinely in it because you love it. And, and could you talk about that even further? Because I know being married to medicine that, you know, people think, oh, you're going to have a great check after your residency and fellowship and all the delayed gratification. <laughs> You'll be able to ride a Bentley if that's even, you know, your desire, like it's just a car. But can you talk about how you won't make it even for the financial? Because people just look at the doctors and just figure you would, are you, are you happy, you know, with, 
you've gone through the hard part. Are you happy at this point? For me personally, oh yeah, I am happy. Not because of the paycheck. I'm happy because of the the people that I've changed. And not even that, I realize that the people that I'm helping has helped me become a better person. I've learned different perspectives of life and it's helped me grow. It's helped me develop in areas I never knew I could. So I look at it more of a holistic approach that it's not just me that's benefiting from being a physician, it's other people and how they're touching my life as well. Um, there is delayed gratification, the struggles of med school, the loans, the residency and being pushed and waking up early and working under the chief residence. There's always suffering, but again, if you're not in it because your heart truly wants to give back and heal, then it's, you're in the wrong place, you're on the wrong field because money does not, does not equate to happiness at all. It never will. And, and, you know, a lot of most motivational speakers, they talk about the money and how much, you know, money might not create happiness, but it allows you to park next door and all that nonsense until the tax man comes and you say, wait, hold on, <laughs> whatever this money is, it's surely not enough being a doctor. There's easier ways to make money than being a doctor. Absolutely. There is. There is definitely for sure. Um it's it there you're forgetting the loans too like we still have loans we got to pay back the interest is no joke like you can start a hundred or two hundred thousand in debt but then it'll rise to about half a mil by the time for residency so trust me it's not all it's not all sugar and gold and sprinkles it's it's some craziness in there <laughs> and there's a shortage of doctors so we want to you know give the real the real game i mean that's you know that's the real of it but if it's for you you can do it. What do you think for that 14 year old girl who may be listening right now? What do you think the hardest part of getting through medical school or even getting to medical school is it because a lot of people think, oh, maybe I'm not smart enough. And, I, and I've met some really dumb doctors. I mean, you don't need to be you don't need to be that smart. You do need to be driven. But I want what do you think that you need to get through the whole process? What you honestly need, there's so much that you need to make it a perfect pot. Um, but I would have to say the sacrifice. You have to be willing to be acceptance, accepting to sacrifices. You're going to be sacrificing time spent with family, sacrificing time spent with friends. You're going to see who your true friends are. You're going to see who's really for you. You're going to be able to have your eyes open and the supporters and the naysayers. So it's a lot of growing up and I think it's a quick growing up process as well. So just be ready to be tested and to be able to accept those sacrifices because medicine in itself, and I'm telling you, it, it's not easy. And if it was what they say, everybody could do it. So it, it's going to be, you're going to be tested and just have that will to, to hold your ground. There's going to be failures. Trust me, I know there's going to be failures. There's going to be times where you want to quit. Um, but again, like you said, the drive has to be there. But just be willing to sacrifice because it's going to be, it's going to, you're going to need it. Now you are so humble. I just have to, I have to teach you. <laughs> just, just warning right, right now. Uh, what do you think about when you hear people, and maybe they don't even know you, but they're giving 
healthcare advice in just, you know, a, a, a common area. And they'll be like, you know, well, I'm no doctor. And you're probably looking at like, <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah. I can yeah. tell by what you were just talking about. You're no doctor. Well, how do you, what do you feel about those type of conversations? Are people trying to give you advice, you know, about something medically? Uh, how do you deal with that? Uh, that's tough because you're even speaking to about my patients who uh, love Google. Dr. Google is the new thing. So it's, it, it's tough because people do think they know it because they looked it up. And it's kind of a catch-22 because I do encourage patients and anyone else to take ownership of their health and to look it up and to, and to have more knowledge of what you're getting into. But I also, the back end of that is, to, is for you to be prepared to ask these questions to a professional in that area who has, has experience and is able to answer those questions for you versus assuming everything you're reading is correct. And you have to know, you have to know that every single person is not the same. Everyone is built different. Everyone has different immune system. Everyone has different genetics. Everyone eats differently. There's so many components that make you different from the next person. Just because they got this virus doesn't mean you're going to get it. Just because they got sick off eating plantain don't mean you're going to get sick. So it's like you have to understand that not everything you see is black and white. There's so much gray area to medicine. And yes, it's frustrating when people are experts in everything or they're, I'm no doctor, but um, it's, it's tough to see. But I just encourage everyone to be smart about where they're getting their advice from, what they're looking it up, and do just do more research and able to get second opinions, third opinions on things that you're still not sure of. This is your time to vent where you can really clown a <laughs> former patient. I, I talked to uh, Dr. G, who's like a, a doctor who's working on some TV stuff. Not Z, but G. And mm -hmm. he was telling me people come into his clinic in Chicago and are like, hey, I got this thing. And he's like, have you been to this area of the world? He's like, never. I've never left the country. He's like, there's probably no way you could have this one type of flu, but they've looked it up and now they're, you know, they're fully with every type of virus. Um, but I, I just want you to know, this is a safe place for doctors to say, <laughs> man, I had a patient come in, and you know, tell me they had something. There's no way they could have. Um, but with, with that, now you're, you're a healthy doctor. How tall are you? I am 5'10 and a half. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So you're you're actually a short basketball player. I yeah. I'm I'm looking. I would say I'm like medium size. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 You're not one of the six four uh, towering no, uh, over me. But I'm oh. very long. I know how to make myself longer than I really appear. And, and you guys, if you go to her Instagram, you can see that length because, you know, when yeah. you look at her, she could be, wait, is this an Instagram model? No, this is a doctor. This is a former <laughs> athlete. Uh, <laughs> in the health wise, what about folks who come up with like, hey, I heard about this Dr. Sebi in the black community is a big mm -hmm. thing. And they'll start telling you you know, you're a healthy doctor. So do people tell you like, well, you could be more healthy since that if you do this and do that, and here you are, you know, fresh out of collegiate sports and medicine, do they, do they give you that type of pushback? Because a lot of doctors aren't healthy and they sure. say, hey, Dr. Sebi, whatever, but it's hard to have that conversation if you're not a healthy doc. So sure. what, yeah, so how do you, 
deal with that? Um, me personally, I don't think I've personally been questioned about um, me being healthy per se, because um, I generally do like to post my health journey. I know I'm not perfect. I, I, I admit to eating, you know, sweets and brownies. I have a sweet tooth, but I stay healthy in the gym. I at least try to work out at least three to four times a week. Um, but again, I don't always get to the gym. And those are real. Those are realistic things. I think nobody is perfect. So if somebody decides to challenge me in any sense, it's kind of almost like look in the mirror first because <laughs> you're not perfect. Um, but there are some. It is important as a physician to have a certain um, just to give out a, a certain advice because you are doing it yourself and you know the difficulties it is to either lose weight, um, to gain muscle, uh, to eat correctly. So it's okay for them to know that you do have struggles as well and kind of portray that for them in their situation of how they can do better. Because um, nobody's, nobody's lifestyle is easy to change overnight. It's going to take time. It's going to take persistence and understanding of how their body works. So I've never been challenged, um, but I think it's important for them to see my challenges so they know that this is real life and nothing is easy to get, your goal, get to your body goals or your sexy beach body and things like that. Okay, talking about sexy beach bodies, you have the courage on Instagram at ask underscore Dr. Chi that, that you are a model as well. I mean, you are the, you, you have poses on poses of what are professional <laughs> shoots. What gives you the courage to do that? Because so many are scared, whether you're a doctor or a teacher, to come out and say, this is me. I'm going to show you my beauty because, you know, I mean, this is my outlet, one of them. But a lot of folks will hide that in and, you know, cover up. Have you ever got any pushback or any coworker maybe thirsty, too thirsty and, you know, <laughs> hovering around and, hey, I like that post and, you know. Uh, I don't know how to answer this question. <laughs> um, so for me, I've learned to be confident in myself. It took a lot of time. I've not always been this confident in my own skin or my own body because growing up, I was the awkward one, the linky one, or the basketball player who just was a tomboy. So I never really was confident um, in myself for a long time. I, I, I made a post about being teased younger for my, you know, long legs, daddy long legs, um, long arms, hands, everything. You can name it. I got teased about. So coming into this skin and not caring that what people will say about it is, it takes some time. So this is not an overnight success story about me like showing off or whatever. I just, I just enjoy nice pictures. I like enjoy um, being very um, motivating to people who do have some insecurities about their bodies because I have insecurities as well. And let them know that it's okay that if your role is showing on this picture or if your your thigh doesn't look all that, you know, worked out and you have a little dimple there because it's okay. And we don't always have to use, you know, editing apps to edit everything out. Um, it's tough. It is tough. And I know my, I like to show sometimes a little bit too much, quote unquote, even though it's not too much for me, but my mother thinks it is. Um, <laughs> But I try to be as professional as possible without going, going like missing that, that fragile line or going over that fragile line of what's professional and what's not professional for, for a physician to post. So I hope when you see my page, 
it's acceptable for my profession and um there's no judgments there right <laughs> I, I have none i i represent i represent influencers and brands so my thing is i when i see a woman who can do yoga poses with her friends <laughs> that 95 percent of the people who see that picture can't even do or you know it won't even have someone trust them to hold them up how can you how can you talk about somebody if you can't do that and the fact that you know the same people who would talk about you in a negative way a dimple i don't know they must not be men because men don't care about dimples <laughs> real men at least or, or, or and men who you know like women at least but who who cares so i think a lot of times you women are judged by other women which your mother said something, um, <laughs> you, you know, yeah. You guys, yeah, you guys are judged by the women where men are like my, my male influencers never say, Oh, get my great side or whatever side it is. It's like, let's right. take a picture, you know, ugly guys rule the world. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, and, and, I, and I and I claim to be a the real feminist where I'm like, hey, women do everything, run everything, come, you can come take over our companies, be CEO, be whatever, because I want to go enjoy life. So I'm the real be you because the people who criticize you will then at the same time follow a Cardi B or exactly. uh, whom, whoever, Beyonce, and you know say, oh man, this is great art, you know, right, exactly. So what you have the transition type program where you help athletes, former athletes go into the real world. What are those first steps for someone who's listening and say, wow, I really need those services. And it's a nonprofit folks, but how, like, what are you going to do for me? Is it a, you know, a boot camp I go through? Is it courses? What is it? So a little background, um, Reality Speaks is a nonprofit that I formed actually while in med school. I, back to my story about me trying to be a physician while playing basketball and I didn't have anybody that looked like me to guide me that way. That's kind of how it came about. So trying to help student athletes understand that this is reality. We're not professional basketball players or football players for life. We are doctors, engineers, lawyers, uh, art, art students we do so much other than the sport and so when the lights go out what's the next step and that's the purpose of reality speaks is to get those athletes thinking outside the box and since then um, we've been doing so much more than just helping athletes who've just been in the community and helping and um, doing volunteer work for ma mainly tampa bay community and having cl annual clothing drives christmas toy drives for the kids and underrepresented and underrepresented areas. And um, we have the student athletes come out and volunteer so they can get their resume to be ready for the next job interview. And not even that, we also help with job interview skills for these athletes. Um, so that's basically what Reality Speaks is. And for an athlete who is in that stage, either whether it's high school or college and they're into that, they need that next step of what else there is to do we try to match you up with a mentor that is in that field of what you're trying to pursue and help help you understand the next steps of how to get to where they were because a lot of athletes or former athletes um 
they find it difficult to know what they want to do because they weren't trained to start thinking while they're playing all they're thinking about is the next game and the next practice am i starting am i not starting did i make this free throw and it becomes like you're just programmed and you forget oh my gosh i'm graduating next month i don't have a job and next thing they know they're like scrambling to get the resume together and it's kind of frustrating as athletes, I, I was in it and I know how, it, how focused you are on your sport because there's so much pressure. So I really hope that when people do see Reality Speaks, they know that there is more to the game and they can reach out to me or the team and find out what, what they can do. If it's just a phone call, just to ask questions, we can do that. If it's something they want to continue on, we can do that. Um, so yeah, that's basically Reality Speaks. Reality is speaking right now hear me <laughs> i hear you i hear you are you excited about states like california california being the first that is going to allow college athletes to get paid i knew you're going to bring that up i had a feeling <laughs> it's tough it's tough for me because i grew up in the time where it was scholarship based didn't get paid we played for the game the only thing that i'm scared about is when you turn that passion into profit and it just gets scary when things are moved around because you're playing because you want to get paid. You're playing because of that reason. I know the athletes, we deserve it. We definitely deserve it. We need, we need to capitalize on, be able to, we'll be able to re- get some of that reward of that the other people are getting. But the part that scares me as the athletes not being true to themselves as being a college student. Um, it, it just, that's the only part that I, that I kind of fear. Okay. And it's a genuine, I mean, it's a genuine fear. I fear that, you know, um, colonizers keep getting rich while you have a lot of poor, you know, um, poor kids, black, white, and in between who can't even feed their families. And if they get injured, it's all over while you got somebody splitting 50 million plus dollars with their, their name on the back. Um, or number that they've made, you know, highlighted. And I, and I can't wait to see what, the, I'm moving to Florida in July. We'll, we'll move to Florida. And I cannot wait for Florida legalize this for all the problems Florida has had with colle- paying collegiate athletes. I might even suit up and have a little eligibility. And just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> see how fast that 40 is. So I'm excited because it's, it's, it's even in high school, it is, it becomes more and more. I mean, you're, you're just doing a real job. And you are. Yeah. It is a job. It definitely is a job. And it deserves to get paid for and rewarded for. Again, I just really hope that the heart of the college students, it stays that way. Um, it's, just, it's just tough. But I definitely agree that somebody needs to share that profit because they are getting paid like money, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and if we're honest, a lot of, you know, even if you're not that good, you know, I wasn't the best um, ever. But if you put in the time, you can find yourself on a squad and, you know, at a, at a, at a school. But you have that vision of, I want to play professionally. So you're always trying to, you know, I want to be there. But um, you also, I want to go into your other, your business business of consulting and being a speaker. And I'm gonna tie Reality Speaks and that. So if you can predict the future like you just did on that last question, I want you to get ready for what I'm gonna ask you after this one. But talk about your speaking and consulting business. So along with um, my Reality Speaks, 
as me for Dr. Chi. Um, I do have a website called thedrchi.com. Um, on there, I try to use my platform to help other students or professional women who want to excel in the health field. And so I do motivational speaking. I also do medical expert speaking on radio shows as guests and where I give health advice. And I also are on, is on, I'm on panels where I answer questions as well. So I use my platform as a physician, a black woman, young black woman professional to help give advice to other, to those who need it, genuinely need it. And I, my whole thing is to inspire, is to motivate, is to help the next person. If I could help one person tomorrow, my job is completed for that day. And that's always been my goal. Um, there are times where I am working or I'm tired. I have to get off to go to this panel, but I, I somehow find the energy to do it because I know one person will need it. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. So I, that's my inspiration. That's why I keep going. And that's why I keep doing what I'm doing. Now, I love to get the game on the show and that's the whole purpose of it. We like to give it as well. I wanna know when, and I, I just assume, and this is the question that I had, hopefully you used your psychic ability. Uh, I wanna know when you tie in the Reality Speaks with the coaching, because you could also coach ex-professional athletes in what you do and say, this is life after being, I, I know a few, and I grew up with a few professional athletes. That is a very difficult transition. You went from making millions to now everyone's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they still expect you when they see you out and about to pay their bill because they bought you a drink. But you know, <laughs> NFL teaches you don't take anything from anybody, pay for that drink, pay for their meal because you don't want to owe anyone. When are you going to start coaching the ex-athletes, professional athletes? I don't think I've, I think that that thought came to me maybe years ago. Um, it was a very, a very quick thought. And I didn't know how to um, continue on with that thought because I didn't think it was for me. I didn't think it was my right arena. I didn't think I would be able to touch as many people that need me as, as they do in where I am now. Um, not because I don't think they'll they'll respond but i think that the younger group i have a more impact in because it's something that's reachable i look like something that's reachable that they can see and they can touch and they can know that that is that is going to be me and it's just something that is you can say attainable for them and um so when it comes to professionals i don't know i don't know i haven't really thought that realm as deep as you just brought it up so maybe that's the future you're kind of spitting it putting out there but um yeah no no no. you you thought about it and then sometimes <laughs> that you know that in the cartoons you got the angel and the little <laughs> devil and that little devil is a liar off camera after this i'm gonna tell you something and then we're gonna we'll talk about that i'm not gonna give the audience too much game on that because i want you to put something together if that is for you but I, I definitely see it. And when I see things, it's like a movie. People say, Kellen, man, I didn't know you had that gift. I try to use it for good. Try not to, you know, use it for bad. But we'll, we'll come back 
to we'll, we'll talk about that off air okay. um, with with what you're 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 doing in in medicine and, and trying to you know motivate in the, with the reality speaks are you also trying to find young um women who look like yourself and say you can become a physician too and maybe have like a course or some type of counseling um do you have that type of time yet in your life um i don't think the people or the young girls that i am um talking to or mentoring i i don't never i never want to tell them or think that they want to be a physician itself I think my motivation is mainly to help them see a professional, a professional that is success, successful in what they're doing, regardless if it's in the health field, regardless if it's in the, the lawyer field, um, anything else, engineering, um, dental, dentist. I just want them to know that whatever they choose, there is a way to do it. If they fail at something, this is a way how to overcome it. If they are struggling with this, with their family, this is how we go around about it. So that's always been my goal. Um, it's great if they want to be a physician, then I definitely have the steps for them. But there's so many other aspects of life that is circled around what they want to be, that I want to be that person or to be around in order to help them accomplish or to, get, or to fix whatever hurdle they're, they're stepping into. Um, so I don't, think that that's my only thing but you're saying do i have a playbook is that what your real question is? Do I have a playbook? if you have anything i just want to make sure if there's something that's not on your website and someone says hey i i need that um we have a, a platform called cna md.com and i've noticed more and more physicians especially black ones um, saying, look, I'm going to bring as many young girls, especially with me. Boys, if you want to come too, but I know how to deal with the girls and the girl, you know, women know how to deal with women. So I was just wondering if you had anything, because I want to highlight all of that. I mean, this is not something that I do. It's something that I live. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, nothing in particular. Um, mainly my um, goal is nothing that's structured right now as far as um, a written out sheet of paper to fill out, nothing like that. It's more of a one-on-one, -on -one, pretty subjective um, where they'll have an honest conversation with me and what they want, what they want out of life and what they're looking for. Um, some people, they come to me and you think that they're serious and it turns out they're not. Um, and so I let them, I let them be on their own time, what they want to do. Um, but I do have a couple, a few mentors or a few mentees under me right now that I personally um, assist with and I help them, I guide them in the way they need me. Um, more informal, um, sometimes more formal, depending on how serious and how much time they really have. And again, I don't have too much time on myself, but I try to make the most time as I can, when I can. And my goal ultimately is to build a team around me that is able to um, just give more time out available for these younger young people out there okay and she's going for sainthood folks because at one <laughs> point she has the nonprofit. then she also has what you can pay for for the consultation part of that too is the media consultation what had made you an expert to where you're teaching media like did you go through some media training did you go to broadcasting school you know the house of pr 
what, what, what did you do to um, get yourself familiar in that, to become an expert? Um, I would say experience. I wish I had a broadcasting school and PR stuff. That would have been nice, um, but more so experience. I didn't know I, that's, I honestly didn't even know that's something I was interested in. I was invited on a radio show one day and to be a guest. And I was like, I guess I, I guess I know what I can talk about. And I loved it. Like that one show was like all it took. I was like, oh my gosh, I could do this. And then from there, I just did more research for myself. I did more research on what radio or talking and things like that entails. I started preparing things. I started making different subjects to discuss, reading on more knowledge for medical knowledge for, for me to be more knowledgeable in the area. Um, so it kind of just took off from there. Honestly, I didn't even know this is something that I enjoyed, um, but it, I fell in love with it. And I know that I'm just getting started because I literally just started doing Ask Dr. Chi on my on Instagram. I started doing Teach Me Dr. Chi um, videos where I pick a topic, someone from a, a, either someone from Instagram or someone who emails me a topic that they're interested in. And I edit it myself. I go on my computer, edit the, edit the video, and I discuss the hot topic. And I give advice that way. And it's something that I just, fell into and I didn't know I loved it, but I did. And I mean, if Dr. Oz calls and I need to be the next one, then I want, that's what I want to do. So. <laughs> uh, well, well, more than that, um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm from the school of Dame Dash where we don't need Dr. Oz or anyone to call. You can create your own and it's great that you're doing it on an Instagram. Heard that. I'd like you to do it even on a platform you can monetize yourself because of course instagram you can't so whether it's youtube or facebook and taking the same stuff or your own podcast which is paying more than all those platforms on anchor.fm free shout out for anchor that spotify just bought for multi-millions of dollars wow. but you and and, and 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 with the podcast you can get paid day one you don't have to have this minimal subscribership so I, I'm, again, another thing, I'm going to send you links for that because I can see that. Teach me, Dr. Chi, shirts to add to your uh, Nija doc <laughs> and Nija uh, nurse, you know, platform. I love it. I love and, it. And, and I want you to, I want to go back to, we were talking about the professional athletes. Antonio Brown is the reason why folks like you need to be there um, <laughs> teaching, you know, to say, hey. Um, your career is going to end short anyway, so let's get you <laughs> let's let's get you on retainer right now, um, and this is what we need to do. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> so you are <laughs> I mean, we 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 love everybody, but crazy, we have to hug tight, and sometimes crazy men need to see beautiful women that they could maybe relate to in the athletic department and say mm -hmm. oh wait wait and you're a doctor because you know being a doctor everybody assumes you're a genius anyway you know <laughs> hey, you know so what, what's the capital of georgia the country you're a doctor you should know that no i'm just i'm just i'm messing with uh, you. <laughs> so let me let me do a little background history about me i'm uh, not like geography at all <laughs> That was one of my worst subjects. So you definitely picked the perfect question to ask me. So thank you. I, I told you this was a gift. I told you. <laughs> mm. oh, that's funny. 
Yeah. So, but you, you, uh, you understood, I'm not picking on her folks. People and some of y'all really think like doctors have all the answers to every single thing because some of them do have a God complex, but mm -hmm. you know, when you see life and death as much as you do, I mean, just to keep your head intact, I mean, it, it's, it's a blessing that you're, you know, even this normal. <laughs> I appreciate that. Compliment. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so we, we, we got the, you know, the, the teach me Dr. Chi and, and that's coming. What about your book? When is the book coming? You know something I don't know about. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've been writing for years. You got them scribbles of papers and everything there. When are you going to just put it all together? Let the editors oh. do what they do and publish it. Wow. You speaking things into existence that I didn't even know about. So, um, I don't know. That's something that I want to happen eventually. I don't know. I think my story is still being written, but I know that I can start now. I know that it's just, whew, life. It's just so much, so much going on, but a book for sure. Yeah. So that notepad that you have like this, that, that's your book. That's the start of it. It doesn't, don't overthink it. Whatever those, those, those notes that you've scribbled, that needs to be put out there. If not, you're gonna Ooh. wait. You're gonna wait for a Dr. Oz to be. You know, they'll see you at the station somewhere, and hey, let me grab that book, <laughs> and it'll be it'll be your story, and it'll be you, name changed, but somebody else who doesn't look like you, and it'll most likely be a man saying, "Hey, I got this Ooh. story." I hear you. Ooh, yeah, yeah, I hear you. You're you're definitely making some things spin in my brain right now. Okay. Okay. And that's, that's, that's why we love having these conversations because it's just a conversation that can be heard out to the nation. We, can you talk about your love for travel and some of the places that you've been and some of the places that you want to go? Oh my gosh. I love to travel. That's a beautiful thing you just touched on. Um, so I've been uh, a lot of different places. Um, I would say my favorite places right now, um, I would name Costa Rica, uh, Aruba, and actually, surprisingly, India. That was an experience where I didn't know I had fun because it was so hot. But the culture I got to experience was different. And that's what I appreciated the most. And I love the travels because I love to experience different cultures and compare it to Nigerian culture and just to see the different struggles everyone actually has. Um, here in the US, you think that struggle until you go somewhere else and you're like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, yeah, this is this is real. Um, so somewhere I really wanna go is Zanzibar. That is on my, my to-do list, another African country that I really want to see. Um, and South Africa has always been on my list, an African country as well. And I will say one more that I really want to go still. Um, I'll say Australia. Mm. I don't know. That one is a little different because it's just Australia. But I want to. I just want to see the culture there because I don't. I I just don't know what it would be like. Maybe I'm just confused on what they do out there. <laughs> so I want to see what they do. <laughs> what the kangaroos are doing. I want to just figure out myself um but yeah i've been around the world i've seen at least 30 different countries um and i i just love to travel even now i went on a road trip 
in Florida to the oldest city in the nation of St. Augustine, three hour drive from Tampa because I just wanted to explore and get out because it was due for me. So I am currently in St. Augustine actually. <laughs> nice, I, I love it, I love it there. And I just heard one of our haters you know, they said, hey, Zanzibar is not a country, it's an island. She told you she was bad at geography. Be quiet, okay? <laughs> Tanzania, yeah. Tanzania. Let me uh, change up my mind, my answer. You know what I meant. Yeah, man, they, they, okay. they, they, they knew what you meant. I hear the haters, so. I corrected my answer on the test score is over, so I'm good. Yeah. I still pass. And to, to all our brothers over in Tanzania and, and Kenya, Uvaligani, you know, it's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's all good. It's all good. Now, when you travel, what do you prefer? Do you like solo travel? Do you like big group travel? How do you like to travel? I like small groups. I like small groups, um, less than three, preferably, um, just because it's, it's, it's hard to get everyone on the same page, especially when it's more than that. And some people may not like something and they have to like compensate for someone else. And then you have to like, it's just a big mess. So I prefer smaller groups. Vacations are fun too. Um, but sometimes they don't like to do what you like to do because then you get mad. So then I'll just do my friends. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, smaller groups are for me. Um, I don't do too much solo unless it's like more local. Like again, I took this trip, I drove, um, but one day I think I'm going to get on the plane and go by myself somewhere. And my mom, shout out my mom a lot. I go to Nigeria with my mom, went to India with my mom, went to Dubai with my mom. Um, and my new family trips as well. I travel with my family. I have a big family. There's seven siblings. Um, and we usually travel. We like take like usually annual by annual trips. And those are always fun. Okay. Okay. I like that. I just heard somebody else. It wasn't a hater in the audience, but it was somebody thirsty saying, well, Bay don't like what you to do. If you didn't put a ring on it, maybe you need a new Bay." But uh, well, uh, tell it, hater in the corner that ring's on. Yeah. The, 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 the ring is on. So it's, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's, it's all, all good. Um, we love family travel. So I, 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 I feel the family travel because you're creating those memories that even when whoever goes first and people go, even, you know, take the in-laws even. Um, I love my in-laws, but take them with you and just create those memories. Yes, exactly. Memories are what's important. Yes, yes, yes. And, 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 and for the haters, they probably looking like, hey, who, who, who's trying to, you know, hit up on my situation on an interview? But <laughs> hey, this is this is what happens when, when you know, you, when it, you have it like this. I want to um, ask you, we ask all of our guests and you've talked a lot about it with your nonprofit and what you do. But what is your community give back that you want to do or that you are currently doing and maybe want to, you know, do more? What would I want to do more? Because yeah, whatever your community, you know, it could be anything. But we all have these big grandiose. We want to make this money so we can then make a change in the world. So what's that for you, where you can say, "Yes, this is what I want to do," and I could probably do this for free all day. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, so for me, I always wanted to give back to my country of Nigeria um, in the best way that I could if I had the funds. If I had someone was like, here, take it and do something with it. Um, 
I would definitely say it'll be opening up a facility, a medical facility in Nigeria, one that is run appropriately, one that has appropriate knowledgeable doctors, ones that have equipment and imaging that works, one that has electricity all the time, one that accepts any type of patient, no insurance required, don't worry about money. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be the perfect situation. Is it realistic? I don't know. But that would be the perfect situation to have a medical facility that can house those type of patients who don't have any worries, don't have to worry about anything, we'll take care of it from primary care to surgery, um, to anything that is needed. And for also the kids, um, because there are so many kids who don't have that preventative care that they need in order to grow up to be healthy. Um, I, would, I would give back to my country of Nigeria because I feel like our resources are far and few and here in the U.S., there's so many opportunities, so many, so many resources we hear we have in the U.S. that people don't even realize what they got. Um, and if we go back to our country, where I am able to supply them with something they've never seen before, something so basic, they'll be praising, you know. Um, so that's what that looks like for me is giving back to Nigeria. In that sense, um, I feel like. I can I give back here in the U.S. and I know that what I do matters, but I just feel like they're just more appreciative in Nigeria because they they've seen the worst, they've struggled the worst, um, and they just I just know the smallest things they appreciate. Even when I do my mission trips in different countries and DR and things, I see the little things that matter. Some old lady, I'll tell you a story of when I was on a mission trip. This lady, she was like in her 90s. She walked at least five miles just to come to this this center where we were at because she had back pain. And the only thing we could give her was Tylenol. Mm. And she was so grateful. She was, oh my, like, you don't understand tears because we were able to give her Tylenol. People on the stage, what is this? Where's my Percocet? What is this? What is this? <laughs> this ain't gonna do nothing. Where's my flex? They wouldn't, they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't even understand why would I even look think I could be given Tylenol but this lady is in tears because I gave I cared enough to give her something that to me was candy you understand I get it and I've seen it and isn't that just people who haven't seen that are seeing why people you know in the second and develop second world developing countries I don't like the third world um, we don't talk too negative about anything in Africa. It's Wakanda if you haven't been. It's Lakey Island. It's Victoria Island if you haven't been. You know, it's all of that. And then some, it's like Fox News. We got nothing negative to say about the Republicans on this network, right? Okay. That's, how we, that's how we do Africa What's here. The hair? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to, that will people when you when you go and folks will, you know, even be able to sell uh, Tylenol for, you know, individually or even give it out, it, it just says a lot. And it says a lot about you that you'd like to give back. Because even though you were born here, you still have that connection to Nigeria, which is getting harder and harder the more generations that are coming. Because I know there are some, and I'm sure you know people like this, say, man, I left Africa 10 years ago, and I'm here, red, white, and blue, until you know something happens and they find out, <laughs> wait. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, um, 
and, and to each his own, because everybody's experience is their experience. And I, I can't, whatever helps you stay sane, I don't want to take away from someone who lives in Louisiana. And every time they ask them where they're from, they say, oh, I'm from Louisiana. Don't we all have accents? I get why that's done. You, you get asked that question every day. But at the same time, there's people willing to kill for this country, mm-hmm. their own brothers in other countries. And... I, I love that you're able to keep that connection. So that means your parents did a great job. At what age did they bring you to Nigeria so you could connect? Oof, the youngest time, I can't remember the youngest because I was like literally less than one years old. Um, but then I remember going again, like maybe around kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went again, maybe middle uh, elementary sometime, us maybe fourth, fifth grade. And then again, when I was entering high school, so those were the younger times. And then I went as I was older, an adult, um, in maybe about five years, five, six years ago with my family. And then I went again with my mother by myself or with me and her um, last year. So I've been back and forth m- many times and I'm great. I get more and more grateful every time I go, especially as an adult. And I, last time I went, I didn't want to come back. I'll be honest. I did not want to come back. I've had so many ideas and things to do and what I want, I want to meet somebody else and want to do this and that. And I loved it so much. I just loved the culture. I loved the people. I loved the opportunities that was there that we could be there. But it also made me sad because I knew that where we could be and where we were not. So it also kind of made me upset a little bit. It was like, it was weird. It was a weird feeling. Um, Cause I know how many, how much we can do as Nigerians here in the States, but we can't do it over there. So it's really frustrating. Um, but we're just a we're just a very beautiful country of beautiful spirit, beautiful music. Everything that we have as a culture is so beautiful, and everybody wants a piece of it. We just know I just know there's so much more that can be grown in Nigeria. I know there's so much that can be done. Um, but yeah, the connection is there. The connection is real. I felt at home when I'm there. I feel at home when I'm there. Um, so I just can't let go of that. That's not going nowhere, you know? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And we, and we know Nigerians have like the best okra soup. We cannot give the jollof rice to Nigerians because we know Cameroonians and Senegalese, and I'm totally biased, have that. But Nigerians on okra soup and, and, and fish, I mean, it's great. But jollof rice, I really wish Nigerians and folks from Ghana would stop that because y'all have the best. <laughs> y'all don't have the best so and we have, have to put that to rest. Cameroon, remember I'm married to medicine, Dr. Tina, um, and Senegal, the start of it all. You know. I, have, I have to taste it. Honestly, I've never tasted there. So I guess I'll let you have it for now, but just know Nigerian Jollof is always the best. No matter. <laughs> okay? Well, you, and, and you know what? The you know what Cameroon and Senegal do for me the pepe it, it, the 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 pe- and the flavoring and Senegal started it all though I mean chep gin chep gin you know with the, the the rice and the fish that is what jellof is okay. I'll so, have to taste it I, I hear you let me taste yeah, it first okay. yeah yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I might send you a place in, near St. Augustine. Um, be right ready. I'll be ready. Okay, okay. Well, you guys have gotten the game. We've covered a lot of things from sports to medicine to what you're going to see in the future from Dr. Chase. So I thank you for this interview. You guys, we're going to take this offline briefly, but you guys like, share, subscribe. 
thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, Tyson, and AL. The number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.